I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You gotta tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon bringing you an episode in which we're going to talk a little bit about the vulnerable sides of one another and about the vulnerable sides of content creation, which is actually something that we talked about this weekend, which this was the weekend that we celebrated my birthday at the time of the recording of this episode. So I guess we could actually, we could even talk about that a little bit on today's episode. We might briefly mention the um, Conor McGregor fight as well. And we'll also give you our pretty much our usual joke here and there. And hopefully insightful content in which you can take home and learn something from. I sure hope so. That's what people come to this podcast for is life lessons and uh, true insight into the mind of humanity. Uh, and I think that we definitely have the authority to speak on that kind of stuff just by nature of who we are. So you tuned into the right place. That's all I got to say. The meaning of life and dope jackets. Dope jackets. That's what you got. Because this is the first time I think we both had a dope jacket. In fact, as awesome as this jacket is, it's pretty hard to compete with that one because that's a pretty good one. This is a nice jacket. I do like this jacket. Yeah. Is it weird that we're wearing jackets indoors, though? I wouldn't say so. No, that's a that's a fashion thing? No, I imagine in Minnesota people wear jackets inside all the time, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's there. different. Like, I'm if I went into somebody's apartment, I wouldn't wear a jacket. It, you and I are... Well, let me. I, I'm not a fashion guy. I'm not a fashion guy like you. You're the fashion guy. I, of the I'm really podcast. the fashion guy here. All right. <laughs> all right. So tell me, jackets in somebody's apartment. I mean, I guess we're recording a podcast, so there is a little more official um, swing to this. But I'm just curious. Is that is that a fashion move? Is that okay? Wearing a jacket in an apartment is fine. Okay. Wearing a jacket inside is completely fine. I mean, look at people how they dress in California. Even when the weather is really nice, they're still wearing jackets and stuff like that. Honestly, just to look cool. I think it's all about just being un- like a lot of fashion to me is being really uncomfortable, even just to look cool. No pain, no gain. Yeah, exactly. It's it's real similar in concept. Although I've never heard anyone say it that way, I feel like there is some truth to it. Yeah, I just like to take figures of speech and place them in places that they don't probably belong, uh-huh. just to see how it how it feels. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. a, I'm all about like fluidity. I know you hate when I say that word fluidity, but I don't I, I don't hate it. Yo, you hate it. You no, I hate is you, a, hate's a strong off, word. Off camera, this guy was like, I fucking hate when you use the word fluidity. Real quote. Yeah, real quote. <laughs> um, let's talk first about your birthday because I had a really good time. Mm-hmm. We had tons of hookers. I mean, what? <laughs> We had Tony cut that part. (laughs) We had four people at my birthday party. For anyone who was like, birthday party. When we say party, we use the term party very loosely because there was four people there. It was me, Brandon, and two other people. And out of the four of us, you talk about people who do literally nothing other than stay home all the time. Probably like the crew that does some of the least amount of stuff, like going places and doing things. Yes, absolutely. Very careful with the COVID thing. That was actually a rule for me. In fact, we were going to invite one other person and we turned it down. Like, cause people were like, five's too much. So, you know, say what you want, call sheep. If you want to make fun of us for saying that, Oh, we're being, we're being too strict. We're letting the government dictate our, our feelings in our life. Go ahead and say it. But at the same time, it felt like it was whatever. I don't even like having like massive parties anyway. So it's whatever. No, me neither. It's not really my thing. But yeah, we are um, being manipulated by the government. Um, we are being, hypnotized through mask wearing. So that is one thing about us that you should know. This wasn't in the script at all. Oh, getting this from. Check the script. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add this into the script. I'm dude. improvising right now. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, had a really good time. Um, I got you a cookie cake. How did you mm-hmm. feel about that cookie cake? Fantastic. It, anyone who uh, is a dessert person, if you've never had cookie cake before, highly recommend Yes, Highly. this cookie cake was surprisingly good because I just got it from, it's not like I got it from like a bakery or something. I got it from the grocery store and that same grocery store, I had carrot cake for my birthday and both were top notch. I, I have to say that this grocery store is, uh, it's got, the, it's got the cake thing figured out. I think we should get a sponsorship from the grocery store just so we get free carrot cakes and free cookie cakes whenever we want. You see, I don't know anyone who has a cookie cake sponsor. So if they're, if you're a cookie cake company, I might be your kind of guy. Yeah. Just saying. Although you were like, 
everybody please eat all this so I don't touch this. That's true. That's true. I, <laughs> I feel like a cookie cake sponsorship might be the worst thing that you could ever get. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, no, in some ways, though, because I feel like a lot of times with unhealthy food, they want to have someone who looks like they stay in shape to, to yeah. endorse it. So it's like, look, Stephen eats lots of cookie cake and look, he's in good shape. That's one of my pet kind peeves of with social media <laughs> is when people are like, oh, my God. They're like just ripped out of their mind. Like, I'm just like you guys. I eat pizza all the time. And it's like, <laughs> number one, if you do, your genetics are insane. Okay. Your, uh, what's it called? Metabolism is nuts. I can't compete with that metabolism. Or you're a fucking liar. Okay. You don't eat pizza all the time like the rest of us. All right. I'm eating pizza way more than you're eating pizza. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're, you're right. I, I definitely eat pizza too often, if I'm going to be honest. But it's like my favorite. We well, especially because you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah, That's because I discovered that you can get lactate pills, so you can just eat pizza and it's not a problem. I, I don't understand how that even works, and I wonder how bad that is for your body. Like, if you can take a pill that just lets you eat cheese. I, I've been thinking about that a little bit, because, like, I have to have, like, three of these pills. <laughs> if we could, like, take a microscope inside your body and, and like, your in, in, intestines are just, like, twisted, like, this lactate, it's, like, burning <laughs> it in from the inside out. <laughs> you have no, holes in your intestines. I think about that. It, I ate so bad. I mean, it, I, I had fun, too. We played a little... Uh, uh, we played some N64. We, Brandon and I played the Switch portably, yeah. which is really goofy. You can take the Nintendo Switch and put it on a table and then take those little controllers and play on this little tiny screen. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's kind of cool that you can do that, I guess. Like, it gave us an option to do that. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was – it felt sort of like normal life for a second to have the little – a little gathering yeah of some kind one thing i think we should mention though we did play monopoly again Th oh, this did. is we did do that yeah. this is pretty much a um a tradition at this point with our uh small gatherings or small hangouts is we play a game of monopoly and steven is the worst fucking person <laughs> to play this game with okay S this is not true though <laughs> this is true okay? i'm just tough to make deals with no that's that's not even what I was going to get to. Honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because then I could talk about that as well. No, the reason why he's the fucking worst is he complains all the time. Anytime you compete with him in anything. Like, I remember we were playing Smash one time and we had the same amount of lives. In fact, I think you might have even gone up a life, but because I hit you one time when you weren't expecting, you're like, the fuck this game fucking sucks. You just hear him <laughs> complain all the time. And then if you lose to, oh, no, it's MLB Showdown. We play MLB Showdown and he complains the entire fucking game. And we would play <laughs> series of games. So it would be like the best out of three. So I had to hit listen for fucking three games. Of this guy complaining, and he he would win them. He would win the game still. <laughs> so it's bullshit. But in Mon Monopoly, he complains the whole goddamn time. But not only does he complain, but he like before the game even started, he's like, I can't. St my pet peeve. I can't stand when people are like they act like they have the worst luck. The first person to say anything about bad luck was this guy. <laughs> First fucking person. Yeah, but okay, to be fair, the last few times I've played Monopoly, I've gotten no properties. If you don't get properties in Monopoly, you lose the game. You can't compete if you don't get properties. I got four properties over the course of a game with four people. Guess who was the first That's to get horrendous. a Monopoly as well? That's horrendous. This guy. Yeah, because I was willing to, to go above and beyond, all right? I'm a risk taker <laughs> in Monopoly. I was like, here, I'll give oh you cash. I'll give you a railroad. All I need is that Monopoly. There was this one time, too, where we were playing with Jess, and uh, Steven offered a trade. <laughs> and then just because Jess didn't say yes within, like, 30 seconds, he's like, all right, I'm dropping $50 from the trade. <laughs> it's like, dude, nothing has changed. You're a fuck. That's what I do, though. It's supply and demand. I didn't want that deal as much anymore, so now I'm dropping it down. You wanted 500 Nope, it's 400 now. You're taking too long. And that's what it does. You 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 make those types of moves, and then people are like, "Man, I guess I got to make this deal quickly, otherwise it's gonna be three hundred <laughs> Except it didn't work. You still ended up giving the five hundred. It almost worked. Though. <laughs> it came about this close to working. And oh, and to be fair, Brandon was the first one out during this game, so we can see whose strategy worked better. Uh, and to be fair, in the last three games we played, I've won two, and then I lost this one. Yeah, he was, but he, but he lost it first. See, <laughs> that's the difference. I'm a consistent player. You, yeah, you My lost strategy. first the two times before that. That's because everyone tries to make me lose. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, because you don't play with anybody. You're a dick the whole time. <laughs> Oh my I'm God. just I'm I'm a negotiator. We, we, literally everybody else. 
on the table was like, okay, well, I guess nobody's going to get greens because Steven's not going to, not going to trade the greens. So just, if you're going to offer me green, don't worry about it. Cause we're never going to get that other green. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's hear this. I can't <laughs> My thing is, whenever I compete in something, yep. if I don't win, it's not fun. Right. So at the risk well, of not having fun, I got to win. Okay, but <laughs> how is that working out for you? Because you haven't won a single game Monopoly since I've known you. That's where the luck thing comes in play. <laughs> <laughs> I've had bad luck. Oh, keep, my God. I, 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 was, I had some good positioning, and then I just kept landing on everyone's stuff, and no one landed on my stuff. I can't control that, all right? I rolled bad. It right. happens. No, totally. I clearly had the strategy, but I didn't have the luck. Yeah. And that's what happens in life. That's one of the things I've learned in my 29 years of life. If you were to say, tell me something that pops into the front of your mind, that's what I've learned. Yep. So I, basically, his motto is, everything good that happens is from his hard work. Everything bad is bad luck. <laughs> not, not because of anything he's done. It's just, that's the now cards that's you a, were dealt. No, that's an oversimplification <laughs> of what I'm saying, okay? Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, it was a good birthday. I ate real bad, and uh, I'm now less than 300. What I'm like less than 365 days away from my 30. Yeah, birthday. 30th. Holy crap! My 30th birthday. It's coming up. But you, you like that pizza? Mm, yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah I like. Good. I got tavern style pizza this time. I mean, we got we we Brandon and I did that deep dish pizza video, and then now we did uh, tavern style, which is like another type of pizza that true Chicago wins eat. Yeah, that's what too. they say. Uh we talked about this a little bit, but um they cut the pizza into squares. Mm-hmm. How how do you feel about that? You like that? Yeah, I don't I, I don't understand why everyone gets so pissed about square pizza. Like I just I'm so I mean I'm not I'm so not a foodie that I guess I'm just like it's just the shape of the pizza. But but on a counter, I kinda get it because with mac and cheese, the shaped mac and cheese is way better than the other the normal shaped noodle. No, not even a no, not even. You're talking about like, like if like Rugrats, Rugrats, yes, Rugrats is way better. mac and cheese. It's like better than like the regular macaroni noodle. Yeah. If it, if Get it, if it's out from, of here, if it's, dude. If it's Fuck from, you, If it's dude. from Kraft, that's like a known thing. It's no, better. no. If it's a normal, like, cause yes, the, the Cracker Barrel is the best. Cracker Barrel mac and cheese you can buy at a grocery store. That's the best. But if we're talking about just Kraft's normal mac and cheese, the the rugrat shapes and SpongeBob he, and all that stuff is better. Oh, uh, well, one thing I'll give you is, I've only had the shaped macaroni when someone else has made it. So, I feel like if if I wanted a fair uh, like scaling, I would need to make it make both of them myself. So mm-hmm. I know who's making it and I know how it's being made. Because what could have happened is because I've had a I've had the shaped and it's always been bad, but someone else has made it. So I don't know if they're like not putting enough butter in or they're not putting milk in it or mm-hmm. something, or they are putting milk in it, but not butter or something like that to make it better. So I need to make it with the way that I make mac and cheese. Do you put butter in it? Yeah. I see. I don't have it with butter in it. I don't know what that would even be like. It's nice. Well, I, I only put a little bit in, but it, it lubricates the noodles so that the cheese gets on it really nice. <laughs> I don't honestly don't know that I've ever, I mean I've probably had mac and cheese from like a restaurant that has butter in it but I don't ever have it with butter. Yeah. But you're needless to say your point is wrong. No, my point is correct. I need to make it okay for myself because then I know for sure that it's about the noodles mm-hmm. and not about how it's being made. Mm-hmm. I need to make both myself and then I'll try it out. Text I mean to be honest texture of food is really important to me like Yeah, I get that. Like flatbread, for instance, I've talked about this. I like flatbread a lot. Because so you of the just don't like crunchy bread at all? If it's crunchy and it's bread, it's no. <laughs> no, I, I'm not really that kind of person where I'm just like, oh, just get that food away from me. Yeah. I'll pretty much eat it still. But I'm just, I would prefer f- like flatbread or soft bread, um, chewy bread more. Like even cookies. Like I like chewy cookies more than I like crunchy cookies. Mm. You like the crunchy cookies. I'm all about it? crunch, which yeah. is weird because that cookie cake was actually pretty soft. I loved it. But it, it. was amazing. So. Yeah. See, I love that cookie. That yeah. Cake that, I think that's the thing. Like for me, it was just like, it was like averagely good cookie cake, which is incredible, but it was soft. So in some ways I was like, wow, this is like really good because it's soft and I like it this much. So, so with you being lactose intolerant, do you, have you ever enjoyed cookies with milk? Yeah. Because you gotta keep in mind, like I don't, 
I'm, I'm probably not even by definition actually lactose intolerant. I just, when I was a kid, I would drink milk all the time. Hmm. And it just like became very obvious that I could not do that anymore. I mean, as a lot of people over time, I think they get a little more lactose intolerant. I think that's pretty normal. But like it definitely hit me really hard because I had zero issues. And then <laughs> I was just like, it was uh, pretty bad to eat like lots of pizza and stuff. Yeah. It's very noticeable that the lactate pills actually do help, though. So, like, if you want to eat pizza, you can have them, and it, like, doesn't mess with my stomach barely at all. Do you feel it? Like, do you feel any differently when you have the lactate pills, or you don't really notice anything? Mm-mm. You just know I that just notice that. I notice, like, when Your I go shits to the bathroom are better. later. Yeah. yeah, that's when I notice it. <laughs> gotcha. Which is, it's, yeah, it's such a weird... I mean, you're really not supposed to eat, like, a lot of dairy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not really good for you at all to do this. I know. I, I feel like cheese is such a weird thing. I don't know why it tastes as good as it does, but it's uh it like activates a hormone in your brain that or that's, like a chemical in your brain. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Yeah, it's like I don't know if it's dopamine, but it's something like dopamine that uh triggers when you eat cheese, which is why I think we're so addicted to it. That freaks me out a lot. <laughs> I hate knowing stuff like that. Yeah. That's like I hate knowing like what's actually in in the food I eat. It's like a terrifying thought. Well, this is actually a weird thing too is cuz I've thought about like when I was pursuing uh my masters in psychology. You know, you'd think that being like a psychologist or a person that understands the human mind a little bit better, you'd be able to prevent yourself from doing certain things that were like, for instance, I know more about binge eating disorder than I did before I went to school for it. And yet I, it's not like I can just easily stop binge eating, Mm. you know, like I, I still struggle with it at times, but you'd think because I have the knowledge of what goes into binge eating and how that mentally happens, sometimes I would be able to to stop it. I guess you have more tools to do it, but it's uh, it's it's just an interesting thing. Like that's the the one thing about being a human is it's not like I try to compare like psychology, like looking under the hood of a car. Like if if your car's not running, so if you're not functioning effectively. You need to look under the hood, which is your head, look at your brain, like what's what's going on. Um, and so wouldn't you want to know, like a car mechanic, they're going to want to know how to work the car. Wouldn't you want to be the car mechanic of your mind? But even if you are, I think it still takes a lot of work to uh, you know, prevent yourself from doing some of the things they do. That's a side tangent. I just was thinking about that a little bit. Dude. We can't afford side tangents. God, the podcast is just... We don't have the money to facilitate <laughs> anymore. <laughs> See, we've lost all the funding. <laughs> all of our sponsorships have dropped. The cookie cake sponsorship fell through. We're just... Yeah, we, we can't afford it. We, we got to get right to really important Tony, topics. get Apple on the phone. Let me talk to Steve Jobs. <laughs> is that... Too soon. Too soon? Oh, no. Too soon. Remember when my mom... She she said Steve Jobs. Yeah, you talking about yeah. that? Brandon wasn't there for this. But no. Do I remember <laughs> I it? No, it was... but do I remember you telling me about it? Yeah. Yes, I do. My mom was reading. We were playing Trivial Pursuit, and she's like, said something about Steve Jobs, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Mom, the the word is literally Jobs. Like <laughs> this this actually this must be a mom thing because I remember one time my mom was like, uh, she was trying to tell us that she had to put something in the archives, but she said archives. <laughs> so now I mean, Wait, was she being serious? No. Yeah, she was being serious. <laughs> she was like, "Well, then I had to archive it or something like that." And we're like, "Archive? What?" I think it was just one of those things where like her brain didn't catch up. Like sometimes I say intestine instead of intestine. Do you? <laughs> I do sometimes. I and guess it doesn't come up a lot in our casual conversation. No, we don't. But when I say it, like. I had to consciously think, say intestine, when I was talking about lactate putting oh, holes really? in your intestines. Because I want to say intestine by the way it's spelled. Because I think it's I-N, wait, test? Yeah, I-N-T-E-S-T-I-N-E. So that E at the end makes me think it's intestine, mm-hmm. but it, people pronounce it intestine. Yeah, but pronunciations make literally no sense. Yeah. Because- People just like took all these different languages and said, oh, that's how you have to pronounce it. I love that TikTok where it's like Kansas. Like it's a English isn't the primary language of the person in the TikTok. And and she's like, how is this Kansas? And this is our Kansas, 
but you pronounce it Arkansas. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, classic. But I, I ultimately, you you enjoyed your birthday celebration. You yeah. had a good time. Yeah, I feel I do feel like the the clock is ticking into that thirtieth birthday. And being thirty, like there's a lot of things I've wanted to get done by that age. Like I remember having like thoughts in my head of oh, when I'm thirty, that's when I have to. I have to be on the right track of what I'm doing. So now I'm, I'm having these doubts. I'm like, am I on the right track? I got one year to figure out if I'm not. And that's probably when we got in a conversation, we got a lot of good conversations this weekend because I don't know if it was just Brandon also turned 29 recently. It's the start of a new year. We both are this, like the same age now, both 29. Like we just are at this point where, we've been doing this social media thing for a little bit and we really want this and we don't have the results that we want here today, but we're like, you know, how, how long is this going to take? How old are we going to be when we actually get there? So we just started talking just about what it is going to take. And, it, or, you know, are there other levels that we have to get to that we've never tapped into before, which I think we both agree that yes, of course, every, every time we think we've hit one level on this journey, for example, like when we first started the podcast, we're like, we can't do an episode once every two weeks. Do we have the time for that? And then nowadays, Brandon Twitch streams like 40 hours a week. I don't know how many hours this guy Twitch streams, but it's a lot of hours. Um, I'm putting out two YouTube videos a week, like all the time, doing live streams, doing this show. like, Or do we do so much more? We just keep upping and upping things. And now we're really like, we're trying to really refine and pay attention to things that we're really good at and we really enjoy. Because like that's, once you've like, we've been trialing and airing this sort of content thing for a little while now. And now we're starting to be like, ah, okay, I don't really like this or I'm not that good at this. And we're a little bit more focused. And during that discussion, we talked a little bit about how like uh, something for me that I really think I need to tap into even more in my videos is the vulnerability. Cause whenever I talk about things that like, are a little more on the emotional side of things and are, are more deeply personal. I get really good response, like responses out of it, but it's sometimes it's a little difficult for me to want to make those types of videos because we've talked about before too, like people have to find us and then like we basically we have to give people something that they want that they're searching for. And then when they get to us, if they like us, then they'll want to hear that vulnerable content. But it's like, if they can't find us, then they're not going to care as much about the vulnerable side of things. So like now it's this weird predicament of what type of stuff do I share on my main channel with the, the vulnerable side. And during our discussion, I was like, you know what, just because I'm getting, I'm, I'm making videos that are a little bit more informative to give to people. doesn't mean that like I, I, I can't abandon the vulnerability because that's like my calling card in a lot of ways. So it was a really, I don't know how you felt about it, but this is like one of the better conversations I've had in a while in terms of like, getting me in the right headspace with this stuff. Well, I think a couple of things. Number one, it is difficult with the vulnerability because you also are a very private person. Um, so I I think that you're really good at speaking vulnerable. I think you're really good at getting other people to speak vulnerably about topics. I think that's part of the reason why, like I think both of us have that about us and part of the reason why our podcast, we can get into those things so easily. But I think sometimes it is when you think about sharing things on the internet, it can be challenging to be like, I'm okay with with doing this. So I think maybe in that informative video, your wheelhouse is finding a way to speak uh, on your individual experience within the stuff that you're doing. I, I mean, not even trying to give like mm -hmm. advice on that or anything, but I think you've talked about that a little bit. It is, and that might be a nice, easy like segue into doing it. But I also think we've talked about in the past when it comes to people discovering you, I think there is a certain line of people don't really give a shit about you until they have a reason to. So, you know, whether that is like, you know, shroud who I, I talk about a lot is incredible at video games. If shroud was just streaming and talking about life and his philosophies on things, he might have a harder time. He might have had a harder time building an audience. But Shroud was insane at video games, so people were like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this guy 
because he's insane at video games. And then it just so happens that if he has something to say, now people will listen. So I think there is like a, a certain balance of things too, where, um, you know, I've even thought about that of one, one of the things I appreciate about the podcast is like I said last week that I feel like this is kind of a refuge. Like even if, you know, now that we've made a decision to focus more on our individual, like prioritize our, our independent individual things, the podcast can kind of be the place where I can dump all my thoughts, philosophies, beliefs, you know, whatever we talk about, um, because we're not as, um, crazy, uh, like prioritizing the podcast in comparison to the other things. So in theory, or uh, um, what that could be is people find us independently whatever we're doing independently and individually is that being insane at video games like shroud is like what we do, whether it's music for me or Twitch streaming for me, people find me and then want to hear what I have to say. So they come to the podcast for you, your YouTube videos, your vlogs, like people seeing your life and wanting your life or, um, you know, just like liking your aesthetic, whatever it is, they see that they're captured and then they want to hear what you have to say afterwards. So they're, I feel like there are so many things to balance and it can be very overwhelming and and overstimulating at times, but I think we're slowly but surely by being in this content creation game, figuring out where I, our identity lies within all of that. Do you ever, when it comes to being vulnerable uh, in any of your content, does it, does it ever like freak you out to know that you put this out there and then like, now everyone has access to that information like because i i know i know that we look at sharing information about ourselves differently do you ever put something out there that that makes you a little bit nervous okay so i'm actually nervous that i don't care enough <laughs> is my problem <laughs> like i'm worried i i don't really know what i'm worried about but i guess when I think about like other people that I care about, like I try really hard to, unless somebody gives me permission to like, like I don't really talk about my family a lot. Um, and part of that is I, I don't really even know how they feel about me talking about them. They didn't ask for their names to be on the internet. They didn't ask for me to share stories about them. Um, so anytime that either my friends or family, like I've had times where I've like streamed games with friends who just wanted to play games and I like I'll beforehand I'll be like, Hey, I, I want to stream this or I want to record this. Is that okay with you? Um, just because I, I think it's very important to respect people's boundaries with that stuff. And some people are not comfortable with that at all. Um, and so for me, because I, I've always had a problem with, uh, creating boundaries and I'm, I'm all about just, yeah, just share everything. Let's just freaking, let's it all, let it all hang out. I'm totally like, I, I kind of love that. Like I want to be as free as possible because I want more honesty in the world. Like I want people to know actual experiences. We talk about Bobby Lee a lot. I love Bobby Lee and the Tiger Belly podcast because of how open they are about his past, about his demons and stuff. They, they, keep some stuff at bay. I'm sure there are a lot of things that he's done or stuff that he is not talking about, but they talk about the quote unquote ugly side of humanity in a lot of ways. And I love that authenticity because I, I think it's thought of as the ugly side of humanity. Cause it's like taboo to talk about fucking up or making mistakes and then everybody that's uh watching content and seeing things in the world feels like if i fuck up i don't have my shit together but it's like we all don't have our shit together what is having your shit together and so for me i want to be one of those people that talks about the darker sides or like lets it all hang out lets you know that i can be a gross person lets you know that i can be shitty sometimes that i make mistakes that i um have had times where I've been used, but I've also had times where I've probably used people. Like, I think that's all part of life and I want to talk about it, but I get nervous that I either probably should be more closed off or in the thought of others that are close to me, I not only care about keeping other people's private stuff private if they want, which I don't think I've had a problem with that yet, but I also care about um, 
like reputation to a certain extent. Like I have the flipping name and I don't want anything that I say or do to reflect reflect poorly on my family. So if I like talk about the ugly sides of things and then people, you know, judge my parents because of that or something, um, I think that I would take that kind of hard. But I, I know that I think you're the inverse of that, aren't you, a little bit to a certain extent? In, what, do you, what do you consider to be the inverse? I'm talking of? like you're not as willing to share as much as I, you're, you're better with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't care about protecting people's pride. I'm just talking about in terms of your immediate approach. I feel like you are much more um, strict when it comes to how open you're willing to be. Yeah. Because my thought is whenever I share information, like that's now that information is out there. So I would rather just slowly work my way up. And then, you know, if like, if I decide, you know what, I think I'm ready to share this or I want to share this, I can. But like instead of just giving everyone everything right away, kind of more of a slow process. I mean, who knows? But if I'm still doing this and I'm like 80 years old, at that point, probably just everything will be out there. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. But I, I, it freaks me out to the, like when you say one thing, it's like, well, that, now that's out there. So yeah. that's why I'm like, I try to be calculated on it. But I definitely like, I like, I really like to share like I mean, the fact that I got, I am, I am a very vulnerable person. Like for anyone who knows me on a personal level, like I definitely share some things. I have no problem telling you about any, pretty much any of the issues that I have gone through or am going through, because I think it, people want to feel like they can be themselves around you. And a lot of times when you share that type of information, it's like, okay, this person, this person's cool. Like they're, they're fine. Just sharing the fact that they have these issues and, I, I've never really understood people who are so closed off to, to like, like they want to seem so perfect in people's eyes. Like I, if I mess up, I say, I'm sorry. Like if I, if I, like, even if I, it takes me a couple of days to really like think it through, like, I'll let you know, like, I'm oh, sorry. I should not have done that. Like I, I, I think that that's to me, that feels very normal. I've never really understood having this, like, Nope, I'm never going to, I'm never going to apologize for anything I do ever, no matter what. And it's like, Dude, look in the mirror. If you never have to apologize for anything, don't you think that you're part of the problem here? That like you can't recognize that you've ever did anything wrong? Like all those all those arguments you've gotten in over the years, don't you think that maybe some of those might actually be because of you and it's not always the other person? That's definitely something that uh really grinds my gears is people who will not apologize. That's something I could rant about. <laughs> yeah. Really pisses me off a lot. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely this podcast wouldn't exist if you didn't have any vulnerability for sure. Like you definitely oh, yeah. are willing to get My live shows are probably the things where I go into some of my more vulnerable topics just because they come up. But I in a perfect world, I would like my channel to be a bunch of that kind of stuff. Like I would love to talk about like uh, even me I I talked a little bit about my my trip to the ER. Like a lot of people commented like, "Oh, I hope you're okay" and stuff like that. Like somebody might consider that to be a vulnerable topic for but for me it's just like it's just something that happened that like a lot of us are probably dealing with. I bet a lot of people have had um, worse anxiety than normal. I think honestly, if you don't have worse anxiety than normal during this time, that's probably kind of weird. Like it, there's just been so much, like so many, um, so many things that have happened in the last year. I mean, we just hit the first U uh, S COVID case was over a year ago now. And I actually, Sometime in the last few weeks, I was looking through one of my old videos and I saw something that was like, U.S. hit 66 COVID cases. And I was like, wow, that was a news story. The U.S. hit 66 COVID cases, <laughs> not not deaths, literally just 66 cases. And I'm like, who would have known we'd have 25 million all this time later that are just the verified cases? Like, who knows? Yeah. It could be twice that easy, I bet. Um, that's yeah, because I know people who got COVID who didn't go to the doctor. They just wrote it out. Yeah. And so those people aren't getting – that's not getting reported, you know? Which so. is which is actually kind of interesting that, like, I just thought about since our last episode, Biden has actually entered office. Yeah. Which that's – like, I was very nervous about January 20th, which is a lot of the things that we saw um, posted, like, about potential violence and stuff like that. Obviously – their security was nuts on January 20th, but it is, it's interesting that we, I mean, I know we're shifting gears a tiny bit, but it's, it's like a whole new feeling 
now that Trump has left office and we have Biden in office. Yeah, it definitely is. And I wonder, I, I, I'm really curious to see his term play out and just the things that happened. Like we reentered the Paris Accord I saw, um, mm-hmm. which was, I think he did that day one. Um, and I, I actually listened to um, New Zealand. It's, is it a president in New Zealand or I, I listened to, uh, I don't know, actually, I, I can't remember if it's a president, um, but I listened to her talk and she just talked about how, um, like you, she's like going into politics and government. You always know that there are going to be people on the other sides of the table that have different opinions from you, but it's about being willing to find common ground within those differences that make things work. And how she was, you could see like kind of almost a glimmer in her eye that now she felt like she'd be able to do that with America again, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that that in itself, I feel like, you know, say what you want about us, just U.S. citizens and stuff. You can feel a sort of a breath of fresh air uh, just by listening to people around the world talk about just <laughs> almost even taking a step in terms of communication uh, with the change in office. Like now we can actually have a conversation and not feel like we're being bullied or something. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly, (sighs) Trump actually like left the office. It was a little part of me that was wondering, was he going to just stay and just refuse to leave? But he did it. I do, man, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for like that last day, just to know what went down. Like that's type of stuff that he said, or even just like what went through his mind where he's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just, I'm just leaving. Cause I, I wonder, I, I, I just, I really wonder what people said to him on his last day. If they were like, dude, I hate, like, I hate your guts. I, I it's a very, I mean, we'll, we'll probably never know the answer to that unless mm-hmm. Trump goes on like a podcast or something, which he, I, I, I can definitely see him now, like letting all the secrets out yeah. now that he's out of the office. That yeah, that's actually talking a good about point. starting another party. I don't know if you saw that starting the um, Patriot Party. I think it was. He wants to start like just a new political party. Is he going to run again? Has he talked about I, that? I, I think as a well, I don't know what will happen if he with this impeachment thing. I don't know how these rules would work, but I mean, I think he would consider doing it under a third party if there was like a legal way of doing it. Because there's no way he'd be able to do this Republican again. No yeah. way. There's too much. Uh, uh, hostility toward him at this point um yeah but it i will say the most important thing that i care about right now is just like do we got to get this covid vaccine rollout we got to get this covid thing under control the the most we possibly can because i'm a, i'm honestly tired of talking about it on the podcast and on all the other forms of content i want this vaccine already i want to move on live life to the fullest have some guests on this damn podcast yeah, definitely. I, these days. I just uh, getting back to a life where this isn't running things, you know, where this isn't one of the variables that controls our decision making process. Because it's frustrating enough in life where you feel like you have limitations. You know, you think just, well, it's my life. I should just be able to freely do what I want. But you live within a society within a. Um, as a citizen, like you, you have certain limitations on what you're allowed to do, but to have a pandemic where it like limits so much of what you're capable of doing and influences um, a lot of the aspects that lead into your mental health and emotional well-being, all that stuff, it's pretty damn frustrating. And I definitely am looking forward to a life again where that isn't the case where this variable isn't one that is in control of us it's just like a crazy fucking snow like it's just i can't believe it's been a year (laughs) you know since this even started and uh sometimes i can't remember what it was like before this no i i i was yesterday i was thinking five years from now None of this will – like, this will just feel like a one big blur five years from now because it, it, things will be so normal at that point. I mean, my hope. Who knows? Anything can happen at this point. I've, I've learned 
I've learned that lesson with just how crazy this world was. But just this idea that walking outside, don't have to think about putting on a mask, don't have to think about how, who comes over. I mean, like, just, I mean, just the fact of me thinking it's my birthday and I have to have all these additional thoughts I would never normally have. Yeah, <laughs> not having like, a fifth person. That... Yeah, I can't have this fifth person because of, like, what's the reason? Like, oh, maybe. I don't know. And then I always have to question myself, like, am I taking it too strict? And then I have to think, like, well, which one Which one of my friends is not, like, which one can't come? And then how are they going to feel about it? And then if, if people do come here, what are the rules? Can we sit near each other? Do we have to wear masks? Do we, uh, do we go out to a bar? I, like, I don't know. Like, there's, we all have different rules. And then it kind of keeps us divided, too, because some people will think, like, I'm being way too strict. And then other people... I look at them and I just think I'm I, I couldn't live the way that you're doing it, even if I was a young person and I am a young person. So this is why I'm, I'm speaking to this. Uh, it is just feel selfish to just go around and not care at all because, yeah, you could give it to someone else. And like people pass away like I actually like know of somebody who passed away who was in their late 60s, but they shouldn't have died from like when they died, like COVID is what killed them pretty much. And that's really scary thought that people don't seem to really care about that stuff. Well, I, I think um, two things. Number one real quick is you talk about a life where you don't have to think about putting a mask. I actually wonder how much this is going to change normal life afterwards. Like, Will masks be more of a thing? For sure, I think. I think so too. You know, and I wonder what all the repercussions of this pandemic will be afterwards when it's uh, not what it is now um, or what it has been. Um, what all? What all little things will change? But the other thing is, um, I I think this has been an interesting case study. Uh, you, you could never create this in like a psychological lab, giving like a pandemic to a, a sample size of people and seeing how they react. But, um, I mean, this was probably, uh, amplified because of who we had in office, but how polarizing, um, like sides of the same coin have been like on one hand, on one hand, We'll have people tell us that I, I've literally had a person who's said to me that the government is trying to brainwash us with the masks to a point where eventually we're going to have to cover our whole faces or something like Islamic culture. Like that, that was their point. They're like, the government is trying to do this. They're trying to control us that way. What's their motivation for doing that? I don't know. And then on the other hand, you also have people who will like make comments on your videos or something who are like, unless you guys are roommates, why aren't you social distancing? And, and like not, not even knowing what we do with our life or how we've been handling this situation or anything, you get these two crazy sides of the coin and then other opinion. Everybody's a fucking expert on everything. And you see like, before this, we kind of knew that. We kind of knew that there were everybody's got it figured out and yet nobody does. But this was like a huge illumination on that idea. <laughs> like this everybody has this crazy strong opinion on all, all these little things and their way their way is the right way and even if the evidence is stacked against their favor, if they believe it, they believe it and that's it. You know, it's uh there's like I, I think it's taught me that I, I knew this already within myself, but the importance of listening and not waiting for my turn to talk is like, has become so valuable to me because I feel like, um, within anything, I, I, if you're sitting there waiting for your time to speak your opinion or your side of the coin or, uh, how you think that it should go most more than likely you're not paying attention to what's being said to you. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect with this by any means, but I think I've learned how valuable listening is because 
not only do you actually hear the points and maybe you're like, wait a second, I, I want to pay attention to this or I want to validate what this person is saying or what they're going through, whatever. Um, but also if you are going to respond, you can actually respond appropriately. I've heard so many fucking arguments where I feel like the two people are arguing completely different things, but they think they're arguing on the same topic because neither, neither of them are fucking listening to each other. They're just waiting to say their side of the goddamn story. Oh, it's it's completely brutal. Um, th this has really shown me that people, they are lazy with their thinking. They, yeah. just, they just pick something. They decide that's how it is. Nothing's going to change their mind. They make so many generalizations. I've had to, on several occasions, when people come into my live shows, and if they come in and they just like immediately go on a, a rant about uh, being pro or anti-Trump, I've had to make several comments, like uh, too many occasions, to people who come in and they're just like, if someone says like something bad about Trump, then the the, the person will comment who's a uh, who is a pro-Trump supporter will say, "I bet you think everyone uh, should get paid the same amount," or "Oh, you think that uh, the person who works at McDonald's should get paid the same as a doctor," or like they'll just make like these just huge generalizations just based on one comment made in the chat, and it's like. That's not even what the person's talking about. They're just saying they don't like this presidential candidate, which is just the opposite. That like you like them, they don't. That's all they're saying. They're not saying anything about the economy. You're just making all of these generalizations, and it drives me. I think that I think that drives me up a wall more than any other thing that somebody can do on one of my live shows. It's just go into political discussion that's incredibly lazy, and it's like you're not going to change this person's mind in these comments. You think you think this person's going to be like, you know what? You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. No, because they, they won't. Well, they never have. 100%. I think on top of that, too, you hear a lot of like keywords and phrases like people will. Socialism. Yeah, you'll just Communism. hear buzzwords. <laughs> you're, you're a communist because you didn't vote for Trump. It's yeah. like, oh, that, that's how that works. You're a, you, like when people hear the word socialism, they just immediately, they cringe so much. How many people even really actually even know what socialism is? Like, if you if you had to ask me, like, give me a, a very thorough definition of socialism, I can give you like a concept of what socialism is. I couldn't like give you like a really thorough example of it. Not to mention, nobody, like, no, like, okay, so capitalism. People like do capitalism. If you're if you're lazy, then capitalism isn't for you, and that they just go on that rant as well. And it's like, eh, I don't, I don't think it's as simple as that. Because as I said, I. I mean, I I I kind of want to avoid going on a huge political rant here, but basically, <laughs> just to just to like uh, end this point, I think that th through this pandemic, I've seen that people are extremely lazy with their thought process, and that nobody, a huge percentage of the population, just will not budge on what they think, and they'd rather just simplify what they think that you are saying rather than actually listening to what you're saying. Yeah, because that's just easier to do. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, Anything else you want to add to that? No, but I want to backtrack a tiny bit. I Just a quick philosophical question. Mm -hmm. um, when we talked about our the different approaches that we have to vulnerability, uh, both of us being willing to be vulnerable, but just in different, you know, I, I guess different formats. I want to ask you, are you the kind of person that your mentality of like trusting other people is I won't trust you until you prove to me that I can trust you. Or is it, I'm going to trust you until you prove me wrong. And then I won't trust you. I'm not very trusting. So you have to earn my trust. Okay. I've, I've pretty much always been that way. I don't, it's weird too, because like, I'm not really sure where that came from because I actually think for the most part, I grew up around a lot of really good people that I, I never had. Um, anything too negative about but i'm just not the world's most trusting people or people <laughs> i've heard you myself aren't the world's most trusting people <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing i've always said about uh, steven is he's not the world's most trusting people <laughs> i'm just I, I guess i think it, it takes a little time to like earn my respect i think that's definitely how i am like i i don't easily just respect you like you have to show me that i should respect you yeah. Well, I will say that res respect for me is a is kind of a different monster. Like I think that so I think that because uh of the I think that my philosophy is built off of 
our society and and at least for who I am as a a, a straight white male it's very safe for me I feel like I have the optimistic philosophy of I will trust you until you prove me wrong and then whatever so we're different in that regard I think though if society got flipped on its head like if there was an apocalypse I would very quickly probably change teams with yeah. that philosophy because I think um, I do recognize basically my my philosophy comes from a place of hope um, and hope and also wanting to instill that hope into other people and hoping that I can maybe um, encourage people to be their best selves. Um, not that you don't do that, but th this is just, I'm, I'm kind of breaking down where my thought process comes from, but I'm also a realist in the idea that I know the ugly side of people. I know that people can be shitty. Um, and a lot of times I think people are selfish and shitty. Um, so if the society that we lived in or the, the civilization that we lived in fell apart and it was crumbling and I wasn't as safe as I am. I think my perspective would be different. I don't think I would have the patience to be like, I'm going to trust you until you prove otherwise. It would be more, sorry, you're not, I've got a, a small group of people that have earned my trust already. And uh, it's going to be very hard for you to work your way into that. But with the respect thing, like, you know, I don't have like a huge group of really close friends. I have a very sm small knit group of people that I consider my like, best of friends because I think when it comes to the substance of it to, for me to respect you and respect you enough to uh, connect with you in that deeper way it it takes a little bit more mm -hmm. yeah I, I I don't know why you're like like for as similar as we are in some things like I don't know why this is a difference between the two of us like I, I've right. tried to think about it before I'm like what 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 could have caused that difference but I think that some people just tend to be because like I always say that I'm I'm in I'm a little more on the optimistic side, but I'm also definitely a realist on things. But then this makes me wonder, am I really all that optimistic? Because part of me is like, I feel like I I don't give the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. Well, I but optimism is a is a weird thing. I think I think you could make an argument that my optimism uh, can border with uh delusion. delusion yeah yeah a little bit uh, i'm being uh, i'm being honest i think <laughs> a little, so a little bit but um, but i yeah but yeah. but that it it's intentional delusion it's it's hope it's it's like a coping mechanism you think in some way no it's not a coping mechanism it's i i want to create the world that i hope to see ah, okay, and so yeah. i am trying to maintain um the optimism and hope that maybe it will bleed off mm. and um, and I can, within the world that I exist in, have a changing effect. I don't, I'm not claiming that I'm going to change the world or anything, but I do think that there are times where people have made an argument that I've brought out some better qualities in them. And um, I think part of that comes from my hopefulness. Again, as the realist, as the person who enjoys looking at things with uh, an objective lens, I understand that this borders on delusion. But I think that the delusion is important um, because maybe if we worked hard enough at it, it wouldn't be delusion. That the world could be shaped in a better lens, in a, in a, in a more positive manner. Um, and I think that I don't resonate with people who have your perspective as much because I think almost that that's part of the problem, that we're all so jaded and unwilling to work together. Um, not, not saying that you're the specific yeah, yeah, yeah. intensity, but there are people within your your scope or your spectrum that are that intensity. And I think that uh, it's really hard to um, to find common ground within that area because it's like I'm working so hard to to strip the layers because you just don't we all just believe that we're all just gonna be shit to each other. Well, it's it's really crazy because when I, if you looked at me when I was younger, I I wasn't as bad with this. I feel like as I've gotten older, and it's something I will I will say like 
I don't accept this about myself. Like, I know that this is how I am, but like, I am trying to be a little bit better at having a, a little more trusting and understanding that if I'm too closed off and like don't trust people enough, that that's also a bad thing. So I'm trying to find a little bit of a better position on this because I do remember like when I was younger, I'm just thinking like me in high school, I think I was a little bit, a little more like you in the fact that I think I was a little more uh, like, you know, everyone's, everyone's kind of good. You just got to get to their, their good side of them. And I did feel like I had some really good response from being a little bit more like that. Like I, it, it was a, it was a positive experience. I don't know something along the, like as the last decade or so, I started to shift a little bit away from that. But I do think that you're you're kind of right in the sense where if everybody had my attitude and they were like you oh you gotta you gotta show me that I should trust you that it does kind of create issues because then it's like it creates a whole world of people who don't trust people and I feel like that's a lot of what happens in this world is we we get this idea that people are not to be trusted so we don't want to help them almost because it's like well how do I know that if I help them that they're not just going to turn around and backstab me or something like that. And that's not really a good thing to have in a society. So I think it's not to say that the one is right and wrong, but mm -hmm. I am starting to see like there probably is like the argument to say that it's probably good to be. It's always good to be cautious because I think like being a little bit cautious will then prevent you from ending up in a really bad situation, but it's okay to be cautiously Tr trusting of people yeah well this and I, I i'm really glad we're talking about this because i feel like it, what you touched on that the perspective of like thinking oh they're going to be selfish and betray me backstab me i i feel like with that perspective you almost create the society that you're afraid of because if everybody thinks that the other person is going to look out for themselves and backstab then everyone becomes selfish because they think they have to be and to protect themselves for self-preservation, which is why it's easier for me to have the perspective that I have because the world that we live in is very safe for a person like me. I understand that if you're a minority, if you're a woman, if you um, aren't uh, heterosexual, it's a lot harder to have this delusional optimism in people that, you know, just as, to, as a descriptor of it, um, because you have, you do have to self-preserve in a lot of ways. But I think that that's part of why I want to keep it is because I feel like it is my responsibility to uphold that philosophy so that I can be part of that change that maybe I can be one of those. Cause I think it's a natural progression of life of, I think as kids, we have that purity. We have that belief in world and, and we consider it uh, naivete or however you want to fucking say that word um, it, it, in believing in people and things working out and stuff. And then life happens and you realize it's not all just going to work out, which I totally accept. I'm not saying that everything's going to work out perfectly or anything. I think you need to be able to adapt. But I think a lot of times we let those negative experiences turn us into selfish, jaded people um, because the world breaks us down. And I have, I am constantly fighting the desire to become that um, because there is a part of me that's just like wants to be like, well, it'd be a lot easier to say fuck everyone else and only worry about myself. Um, but I think that because I, like I feel a responsibility to not go to that place because I think that if the world became that way, uh, like I think again with COVID you get to see a little bit of it on display. Like a lot of people making personal decisions, putting their personal life ahead of other people's. Like you talked about, I don't know if you confirmed this, but you talk about the plague and how mm -hmm. um, they stayed in for 40 days mm -hmm. and then it disappeared. Like we can't do that because even in the heat of the pandemic, when we maybe went nuts about the quarantine, you had people in fucking uh, Florida in, in the keys uh, spring breaking, you know, 
So we weren't going to be able to do that because they thought, yeah, but it's my spring, it's my senior year of college. You're going you're gonna to tell me my senior year of college isn't as important as possibly <laughs> stopping a pandemic? Are you kidding me, dude? As ridiculous as it sounds, that's literally like what people were deciding. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think you get to see a little bit of that world. Like they, people are like, well, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm looking out for me, man. This is my one experience to do this. And it's just like, so I feel an even stronger responsibility. I might even be in the vast minority within this thing, but I think that I need to, uh, as long as I am uh, a person with that safety within our society, I think I need to uphold that. I, I think it is important for me to have people like you and, and to have uh, a desire to be objective and logical. Cause if I was full board delusion, I don't think I would, I don't think anybody would listen to me. I don't think anybody would care that I'm, uh, I can be selfless sometimes because they're just like, well, yeah, he's just going to get fucked over. He's just going to get used a bunch. And that happens. But I think that I also uh, have enough logic or analysis in life to be like, okay, if this does happen, I'm going to adjust. Like if you burn my trust, it's pretty hard to get me back in your life. (laughs) Like you'd have to work real hard. So I don't know. And just a little rant thing. The only thing we haven't uh, discussed, do you want to talk? Okay, so I didn't watch the Conor McGregor fight. I know this is like really, we're, we're, we're jumping here. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch Conor McGregor fight, but I have been following the, uh, the Jake Paul uh, just like really wanting that fight to happen and just saying just a bunch of ridiculous stuff. I talked about it on a live show. What a, can you tell us a little bit about the fight and do you have any like just immediate takeaway? Well, I I didn't wa- I didn't like sit and watch the fight, but mm-hmm. I watched some like highlight clips afterwards, and it looked like it was a really good fight. And then in the second round, um, it seemed like Connor's calf was seizing up a little bit, and the guy he was fighting just kept just drilling his calf, and so I think that. It, what it seemed like, I'm not a freaking fighter. I'm not, a, so I can't, this isn't like professional analysis on, yeah. the, on the fight or anything, but it seemed like Connor's leg really got to him. And you can think like, like if you and I were in a wrestling match and I like cramped up in my hamstring or something, it'd be really hard for me to focus on fighting you, like wrestling you and stuff. So I, I would be thinking about, fuck, my leg's cramping, you know? And I think that's what happened. Like I, you can, the, the announcers were talking about it too. They're like his leg, his, his calf, something's wrong with it. And he kind of like dropped his guard a little bit. And then the dude just boxed him and just knocked him. Uh, TKO in the second round, I think maybe. Um, so it was tough, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was nice to see, I mean, Conor McGregor is like synonymous with UFC. Like he's made that sport so big with, uh, some of the antics that he's pulling and stuff. And as annoying as he can be, sometimes I, I respect him. Um, and I, I like what he does, but the Jake Paul thing, I saw a tweet today that was like, can you guys keep Jake Paul out of your mouth? So this guy can just disappear. And I'm like, how ironic is this? Because you just tweeted about him. Like, I get we need to communicate maybe shutting up about this Jake Paul guy. But I don't know. It's just this is such bullshit. I I just feel like, like I said, I got to get famous so that I can fight Jake Paul for America. Dude, I can't wait. That's got to be it. That's the only way. It's funny. I've seen this TikToker, too, who's got like, he's got... Uh, I think a couple hundred thousand followers, but he's like challenging Jake Paul. And he's like, well, you, why are you ducking me, Jake Paul? And I'm just like, dude, why would he want to fight you? You're just a TikToker. What are you talking about? Wait, he's being serious? I think it's a great idea though. Just building publicity. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, maybe we should do this. (laughs) Maybe he's not being serious. Maybe I'm missing out on the joke. Maybe it's a troll, but he seems very serious. He's like posted him doing boxing stuff. And, uh, he like, looks like he can box, but it, uh, but yeah, I, don't I, I mean, I do hope it happens. I hope that Jake Paul and Conor McGregor get to uh, box each other. I think it'd be. I mean, I would watch it. I'm really excited. I about do. The... I would want it unless Conor McGregor lost. I would. Oh fucking... yeah, no, that, that's true. Oh my. But he, he, I don't think he would lose. Uh, but Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Like, I'm. I'm. I actually might legitimately watch that. Yeah, because that's your. Uh, yeah, he's, he's that's my your friend. idol. <laughs> that's my idol right there. Logan Paul's <laughs> Stevens. <laughs> I just think it'll it'll be entertaining. I mean, honestly, if it's entertaining, I'll watch it. Yeah. Whether I think it's <laughs> good for the sport or not, I'll watch it. Uh, any any final thoughts? No, I'm uh, 
we kind of went into this podcast being like, let's just wing it. But it, this is one of the, my favorite conversations that I think we've had on the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. just all the things that we got into. So I, uh, sometimes winging it just uh, brings out the best in it you. It can work. And, and let's be honest, this is the second episode back. The first one, even though I think we both felt a little rusty, I think like we, we were okay. And we just felt really nice to yeah. be back. Like I, I, I guess we didn't really get to say that, but it did feel just awesome to do this again. And it was very reassuring that we should continue to do this podcast. And like, it's just, it's, it's very valuable. And even on today's show, some of these discussions that we had, like we've kind of talked a little bit about it before, but I feel like we even went more in depth than maybe we've even talked outside the podcast. And sometimes that happens and it's just another value of, of doing these types of episodes. Absolutely. And, and I'll second that. Like I'm, I'm really happy to be back and um, I feel like, I, we, I honestly think that we're in a, a stretch lately where we've had a lot of really good conversations mm-hmm. and I'm glad that it carried over to the podcast because it's it, it's kind of a weird thing being content creators, especially with this podcast, because sometimes we have conversations outside the podcast that I'm like, I almost wish we would have had the camera rolling or had like it recording because I'm like, Oh, this is a, I feel like a really valuable conversation. Um, but I also want the authenticity. Like when we have a conversation, we have a conversation, but I'm really glad that today's conversation. Um, I feel like I, I walk away with even more understanding of obviously things that you, uh, the way that you view the world, but also when you talk out loud, you kind of understand how you view the world a little bit more. So I, sure. I appreciated that. Uh, any other final thoughts for you? Mm, go Browns. <laughs> Browns are out of the playoffs, but all right. Do you have? Oh, let's do this really quick. You have predictions for uh, AFC and NFC championship. NFC championship Tampa is Bay Buccaneers. You, okay, so you think they're going to beat the Packers? Yeah, they got this. So it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. You think Tom Brady's going to win? Tom Brady is going to shock everyone with the win. I know he's not favorited, but he's going to do it. He actually isn't. It's Packers are it. at the top. <laughs> um, and it's in Green Bay, so it's going to be a, a cold day. But Tom Brady he, thrives under cold days. He did play in New England, so that he thrives. Um, and then the uh, AFC game is Kansas City Chiefs versus Buffalo Bills. Well, do we know if uh, Patrick Mahomes is playing? Uh <laughs> I guess I technically didn't look it up, but I'm I guarantee he's playing. Yeah, I mean, if he's it's as much as I I make fun of him because he's just he like he he honestly. What is your beef with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes? I don't understand what you're. I I, I think that he's gonna go to the the uh, Super okay. Bowl again. So so we got that. I mean, we could talk about this uh, on a, another episode. But do you have a, a quick prediction on who would win the Super Bowl then? If it's if it's between Tom Brady two? and Patrick Mahomes, or I mean, Buccaneers the, lo- the logical Chiefs. side would tell me that it would be Patrick Mahomes. But honestly, I think Brady's got it. Again. All right, so you're picking the Bucks I'm, to win I'm, it all. I'm going real bull here. I. I was talking to my buddy the other day. I want the Bucks to win it all so that everybody who says that Tom Brady is just a system quarterback can shut the fuck up and uh, give him the respect this man fucking deserves. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Um, if you're this far into the podcast, I really appreciate you guys sticking around for our um, our antics and our tangents and uh, all that good stuff. If you want to send any comments, questions, or thoughts, you can email us emgpod at gmail.com or you can uh, give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. We are also on social media at emgpod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can find us individually. I am at Brandon J. Flippin. Um, also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash gaming. This is at Stephen Russell B. YouTube is Stephen Russell B as well. Maybe Twitch soon. We've talked a little bit about it, um, but we'll see. So um, thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.